Hello. Hi. It's Vanessa. Hey, what's up? Not much. Are you busy? Very good. Not at all. Just hanging out in my undies. Hello, 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 hello. The two hello girls. Here we go. All right, listeners. Today we're going to be talking about fear. And so the first person I want to ask is my nearest and dearest, Amy. What do you think about fear? And what do you fear? Mm, fear is the mind killer. <laughs> uh, I'm actually very much a scaredy cat. Um, occasionally get afraid of the dark. Uh, but I don't let it rule what I do in my life. You know, I take wild giant leaps and not afraid to try new things. I fear messing up the most, I think. But traveling... I don't really have that many fears of traveling. I have dislikes and likes, but not any fears of traveling. Except the one time when I was coming back from a trip from Taiwan, and we were routed through Shanghai, and they couldn't find my ticket. They had spelled my name wrong, and um, the airline never changed all of the tickets or something. I'm not entirely sure what had happened. But when I got to China, they said there was no ticket for me. And I, 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 I said, oh, you know, call, call the airline. And they said, oh, we don't have a phone. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, this is a communist country. You're all supposed to have phones. One phone for every household. One phone for every desk. I started, I, I started getting a little hot under the collar. I knew the worst thing that could happen is they would make me buy another ticket. Like if all else failed, I could buy another ticket. But I was just, I was just really scared. And my friend Carolyn was with me and she helped me out and she calmed me down and got me through everything and got on the airplane with about five minutes to spare. Uh, that, that is the one thing that did scare me the most. Probably the scariest thing, other than turbulence in airplanes, that's the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. So I don't know, fear, I don't know. You just can't let it rule you. That's all I know. I definitely agree. Sometimes fear rules my life too much. Um, but to help me overcome that, I think traveling has pushed me out of my box and out of my boundaries. But one gentleman I want to introduce to our listeners today, his name is Duda. He's the first one up. And we met him out and about. Please disregard the loud background music and the bagpipes. But he had a story to tell us that I could not resist to share with you all. Before we jump right into our first story, we want to warn our listeners, there could be some explicit language used in this podcast. Well, my name? Yeah, your name. What are my, you? na- my name is Duda. And what are you doing in Korea, Duda? I teach English. How long have you been in Korea? <laughs> uh, I came to Korea several times, uh, but uh, if you add them all up, maybe I've been here six or seven years, maybe seven years, if you include the military time. And what do you think about living in a foreign country? Well, it's great, you know. Um, I lived in many foreign countries. There's no problem here. It's great. If you're gonna if you're gonna live in a foreign country easily, I recommend Korea. It's not. It's not. Uh, I, you know, I've been here so long that it's not a foreign country. Why, why do you recommend Korea over, for example, you said you lived in the Philippines, well, you've lived in. Well, I mean, because it's safe, and and I mean, the subway is easy to use. Everything is English, and well, I mean, life is good here. When I say the word fear, what do you think about? I've never really experienced fear. I mean, it's really true. Um, I've lived a lucky life. I've never been really in a situation where I felt afraid. I, I don't experience the same emotions that other other people uh, experience. You know, 
I don't get mad very often or ever, and I don't feel I don't feel a lot of emotions. So I didn't feel fear either. Tell me the, mo the moment where you felt not maybe not fear, but okay. you asked me when I felt fear, but I told you that. Um, but I uh, went to Israel. I li was living in Israel, in fact, on a kibbutz. And I went to, it was in December of, um, well, it was in the early 90s. It was in December because that's when they have the marathon around the, around the Sea of Galilee. And I went down there to, to run the marathon, and I ran the marathon. And then, uh, well, I hadn't really trained for it, so I was pretty sore. So I took the bus back to Hadera. How long was that bus ride? Oh, uh, that bus ride was from one side. Tiberias is on the border with Jordan, basically. And Chadera is on the Mediterranean Sea, so it's across the whole of Israel, two hours on the bus. And it was late at night by the time I got near to where my home was. But I didn't want to go all the way to Chadera because, well, I'd have to walk to my kibbutz, which takes several hours, which I usually did in those days, but I just ran a marathon, so I couldn't. I asked the bus driver, he said, we were going right near my where I live. He said, why don't you let me off here, and I'll just walk over the hill and... He's like, no, we can't do that. That's not policy. You can't just stop the bus and let people out on and off. But I showed him that my medal. I said, look, you know, I just ran a marathon and I'm sore and really help me if you could just let me off here. And so he did, you know, and uh, went home. Well, next day I read in the paper that bus, when it arrived in, uh, in Khadera, it blew up. There was a suicide bomber on the bus and the bus driver died. And yeah, so that was like not scary for me because I wasn't involved in it. But we all miss accident every day. Do you ever have a fear when you're traveling alone or you're traveling at night? No, I have a fear when I'm traveling with other people. Really? Yeah, because then I have to worry about them, you know, maybe something happened to them. Oh. If I'm alone, then there's no fear. You feel no fear. I don't have to feel responsible for other people. And what is your best traveling tip? Don't have too much of a plan, you know. Just let the journey happen, you know. The stick in the river, you know, just let the stick go, you know. If the stick hits a log jam, that's fine too. And a lot of our listeners, they're listeners that... They go back to the U.S. and then they feel a longing for traveling and they can't travel. Yeah, that's an interesting phenomenon. Um, when I was in my 20s and I was young, I remember going back to my hometown. Sometime like after being in Israel or after being in Australia for a long time, extended period of time, or, you know, more than one year. And I remember feeling that, how can I get out of this? The world of traveling or the world outside of my hometown was unreachable. Uh, of course, that was before the Internet and, and all that, right? But... It was like, how could I leave here? It was, you're right. It, it's an ex when you go back, you feel kind of trapped. You know, and the, and the experiences you had seemed far away. And how could you ever get there again? But um, the world is different now with, uh, you know, cell phones and Internet. And uh, I remember when I was in Australia, you know, you would go up and down the coast and, you know, get jobs in, you know, various farms like uh, banana farms or grape farms or whatever. And important thing then was making relationships with people. The other, like itinerant travelers because they gave you the information about where the next place to work was so like you know where the bananas were going to be ripe or where the grapes were going to be ripe or where to pick beans right that's gone now when people need information they look at on the on the internet and there's no need when you're traveling to make relationships with other people and that you know it has good points and bad points because well i traveled around australia and i missed many things i didn't know they existed right i just went by them but i met people Right? That if you go there now, well, you've got your guidebook and you've got your internet. You don't need people and you won't need people. You'll see many amazing things, maybe. The things that I miss, right? Some mountain that I went by or some monument or some beach or whatever. But you don't need, you're not forced 
to meet people out of necessity. And, and, um, and that's a tragedy of, of the Internet, I think, you know. Duda, thank you so much for your time. Okay, thank you. And that was Duda, a man who fears nothing. So as that night progressed, Amy and I had the opportunity to talk to Duda more and to hear more about his traveling and where he's been in this world. And afterwards, I could understand why he said he really fears nothing. The next person up is a man named Toddler, a good friend of Amy's, and I'll let her take it from here. So I'm here with my friend Toddler. Say hi, Toddler. Oh, sorry. (laughs) 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 I'm not the best person to do this with. It's fine, it's fine. Uh, I'm here with my friend Toddler. Hey. Hey. And um, so today's podcast theme is fear, and Toddler was sharing a story with me about a time when he was uh, a little afraid, and um, I thought it was perfect, so we just grabbed it up. So Toddler, take it away. Well... I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was like in mortal danger or anything, but. Uh, well, how old? How uh, old were you? How old were you? So let's start with that. Yeah, well, I guess I was uh, 13, mm-hmm. uh, around when we went to Lebanon. Lebanon, I suppose you say. And it was because my stepfather's friend is from there, so we were to meet. We were there to meet his family. We lived. Or there they lived right next to um, like a UN base. A United Nations base? Yeah. Okay, cool. So there was a lot of um, military, a lot of military vehicles and weapons and all that stuff, which is unusual from a, for a 13-year-old kid from Norway, where if the police are armed, we go batshit. <laughs> so uh, you were telling me no. the, the police aren't armed in Norway? No, not at all. Maybe on special occasions, like Obama. So for a 13-year-old kid, it being in Lebanon and seeing all this military trucks and, and weapons, how, I mean, did you feel safe and protected, or was it the complete opposite? Um, I think it was the complete opposite, but that's because Lebanon has been, uh, it's not long before we were there that they actually were... Um, mm. Well, not uh, like straight up war, but there's been conflict. Close enough, I suppose. Yeah. So it's more it's more when we went to the border to Israel that was sort of scary because they have these huge ass fences with like the barbed wire mm-hmm. and stuff because obviously they're not so fond of Israel, <laughs> and likewise they had on these huge like pedestals they had like blown up and burnt like tanks uh, on like tanks do you say tanks? No wait actual like blown up tanks yeah and cars and stuff like that from the Israel like it was like Israeli vehicles so it's to show them to don't fuck with us we blow your shit up wow that uh no that is definitely scary at least to a 13 year old kid from Norway yeah, yeah. I mean, I for, I mean, I've held guns before. My grandfather instilled a safety gun safety in me, and my brother. So I mean, we've shot guns and stuff before. But when you live in a country that the police don't even have guns, yeah. Well, thank you very much for sharing this story with us today, Toddler. <laughs> You're welcome. Our last story today comes from a gentleman who was biking from Seoul to Busan. If you guys aren't familiar with that distance, it takes probably about four and a half hours by bus. 
And a little extra background information behind this story. He was biking during the heat of the summer. And if you aren't familiar with Korean summers, they are blazing hot. And I am from Iowa. I know summer heat. But Korea, I always feel, is 10 times hotter than Iowa summers. So, enjoy. Uh, well, my name's Alex. I'm from Windsor, Ontario, Canada. I lived in Korea for approximately two years. Uh, what's going on with me currently? Um, I've been working as a college ESL professor in Canada. Um, I'm a recent father and I'm a Libra. <laughs> Perfect. And what, when I say the word fear, what do you think about and fear with traveling? Uh, in relation to traveling, um, besides disease, uh, just other, other than, than the obvious, like I'm scared of planes, I'm scared of takeoffs and landing, but, uh, scared of, of ending up in a sketchy situation, stumbling upon maybe a dangerous situation that I, I, I wasn't aware I was in. You know what I mean? Just being trapped somewhere with, uh, with some sketchy people. And you have had that experience. Can you tell our listeners what happened to you? What's your story? Yeah, that wasn't so much me being, it was a definitely a sketchy situation. <clears throat> it didn't involve um, anybody else but myself, so I kind of put myself in that scenario. But uh, I decided to ride my bike from, from Seoul to Busan. So this was my one vacation that I took in, in Korea. Uh, all my other friends traveled around the world, blah, 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 around Asia. <clears throat> and I wasn't really into that, so I just decided I got to do something. I'm going to take a bike trip. So uh, I didn't bring a map. I didn't bring directions. And I didn't speak Korean, uh, which eh, probably was a mistake. It happens. Yeah, yeah, it happens. So I got lost. I ended up trying to take a shortcut through a forest. And I figured. I mean, it's Korea. It's, there's going to be buildings some, at some point. <clears throat> and there wasn't. And I think 70 or 80 kilometers later, the trail just ended. And this was like, I had run out of water in the middle of, the, of that day. And this might have been 3 a.m. or something. So I was in rough shape. Um, and that, it ended up being a, a pretty scary moment. I had to make a decision whether to, to sleep there that night and risk potentially severe dehydration and and the ramifications of that or pedal backwards 80 or 90 kilometers to the nearest town so what did you do i had to just turn around i, I couldn't sleep there because the days were so hot we're in the middle of a heat wave and the rate that like the the lack of hydration that i was already experiencing i, I figured it would have been a disaster like a full-on emergency i think in the morning if i if i didn't get any water so I ended up having to backtrack about 90 kilometers, sorry, maybe 80 to the nearest town. And, uh, and I ended up drinking about eight liters of water as soon as I got to a fountain. So it worked out, but it was a bit, a bit scary that night. What do you recommend for anybody that does that bike trip? Um, plan better than I did. Uh, like it's fun to, to take risks and it's fun to adventure. Um, but there's ways to go about it that that it's kind of like ensuring that you're you're not putting yourself in a dangerous situation that comes first or should come first. So what I should have done is perhaps purchased a map or looked at a, a map online 
and just not been an idiot. But I mean, are you a planner in general? Now, now I am. Yeah, I think having a kid changes things, and uh, that I've developed planning skills throughout the years. At that time, I wasn't I wasn't so much into planning, especially on vacation. But um, that is definitely something, especially. I mean, number one, I didn't plan for enough. I, I didn't have enough water. Number two, I didn't plan a route. And number three, I just made a bad decision to take off into a forest. So uh, three bad decisions just due to lack of planning. So um, adventure and take chances, but take calculated chances that, that don't endanger your safety when you're traveling. That would be my suggestion. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much, Alex. Have a good night. Yeah, no problem. So now we have the opinions of plan, don't plan. And I think fear is something that you never plan. But I also think that fear for me comes after the moment has ended. The dangerous situation gone, then I think, oh man, I should have planned better. I was not prepared for that. And one moment that comes to my mind um, happened when I was traveling down in Mexico. Some of my friends, they wanted to go to this touristy spot. It was called Agua Azul. And so, of course, we always, people always plan how to get there, but they never think about how to leave. So we show up, we go to this great um, tourist spot, and then we realize that there's no way of getting out. There is no transportation, um, and there's lots of people there, but they've all came with a tour bus. These people approached us, and they said, hey, get in the back of our truck, we'll take you up to the main road, and you can hitch back to the next city. So we look around, we think about our options. We can't hike out of there. Okay, sounds great. So one girl gets on, we pass her her the bag. The next girl gets on, we pass her the bag. And then by the third girl, we start to think about, wait, is this safe? Are we, what, what's going on? And by the last girl getting on, she was like, oh, no, we're not. And she just said, I'm not getting on this. I don't know where it's going. I don't know these people. And another big problem is, was communication. So we could all speak Spanish, but in this area, they weren't using a lot of Spanish. They were using kind of like their local dialects. So we had no idea what they were saying. And they were talking amongst each other and then looking at us and talking amongst each other. And so I think that also kind of generated fear because we couldn't, we had no idea what they were saying. We ended up bribing a big tour bus to take us back up to the top of the out of the valley so we could hitch a ride back to the next city once we finally got to that main road we thought that there'd be tons of cars going by but there were no cars there was absolutely none and it's the middle of the day and we can't just walk because some people have rolling suitcases and some of the wheels have broken so we're just kind of stranded in this on this road where we have no idea where we're at between two cities then all of a sudden a bus pulls up and it's like it's that stereotypical bus with like the music and the people hanging off the bus and it stops it stops and we they take our bags everybody gets on and then the scariest ride of my life occurs we're just riding so fast through this these valleys and these mountains this bus is jam full of people and there's tons of luggage and I think this van is gonna roll down this mountain and I am going to die in it and from that moment until even now when I travel in Korea, I have this huge fear of being in a van that rolls down the side of a mountain. And I think it really comes from that, that moment. So yeah, that is probably some fear 
that I felt while traveling. Okay, I'd like to give a big shout out to everybody who had a hand in helping us with the podcast today. Duda, Alex, Toddler, you guys were all great. Vanessa, I'm so glad to see that you have all of your internal organs um, from your trip to Mexico. And I guess that's our podcast for today. We'll see you. And remember, don't let fear hold you back.